Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. If you want to learn useful, practical how-tos of weight loss, exercise science, nutrition, or just how to optimize your time in the gym and life, this show is for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's rock and roll. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Project Fitness Podcast. Today, we sit down with another special guest. Today, we're sitting down with a chiropractic, a certified strength conditioning specialist, PT, bodybuilder, power lifter, um, someone who travels the world doing lectures in the fitness industry, specifically with weight training, rehabilitation, specifically weight training injuries. The founder of Swiss, the Society of Weight Training Injury Specialist, and pretty much one of the nicest guys I've ever met. I, I, always, I always say you can really tell uh, the worth of a man is what people say about him when he's not in the room. And uh, everyone talks trash at some point about someone. I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about you, Ken Kanakin. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'll give you a list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks for taking the time today to sit down and have a conversation with me. So for Absolutely. anyone here who is in the fitness industry, they would they would have come across you at one point in time if they've gone to conferences or seminars or they're on social media. I can even tell you the first time that, that I actually met you was at a conference. It was a CanFit Pro conference. Oh, and wow. You, and you were presenting and I was green. I was new to the industry. It was probably 2005. And I'm sorry, Ken, I didn't sign up for your thing. But what happened was I signed up for something else, not knowing what it was. And I walk in the room and it's this crazy like Zumba dance class. And I'm like, this is not not where I want to be. So I run out and all the doors for all the other rooms are shutting. And then I see one and I sprint over and I get in last minute and I come in and you were there and you were doing Mm -hmm. muscle testing. And I was like, this is pretty cool stuff here. And I actually, I got your little, uh, your, your, your DVD. I bought the DVD oh. on muscle testing uh, right then <laughs> and there. So that was the first time that, that I met you. And that's how, um, that, that's how I came to know you. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So today what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk a little bit about your brief history within the industry to make sure that we get some of our, our the audience here who are trainers and stuff, a little background of how you started things and then some benefits for them and then some fitness people as well who are listening in. So why don't we just start off with, you know, how you started Swiss, what is Swiss and why is Swiss so one of your big passions? I think one of the things is that um, I'm originally from British Columbia, so I uh, was competing in powerlifting when I was getting ready. This was back in the 80s, and when I was uh, getting ready for um, the national championships in powerlifting, I basically, two weeks before, um, I was just warming up. At that time, I was in the 165s. I was squatting about 525 at that time. And I was just warming up with 400 pounds. And all of a sudden, my right knee, um, it sounded like a bed sheet ripping. And I went, oh, no. So that took me out of the uh, competition as far as to be able to go. And um, so I went on my journey to try and get it fixed. And I went to the medical doctor. And he basically said, you know, um, 
you know, squats are bad for the knees. You know, we always hear that. Um, he says, well, why don't you do leg extension? I said, well, you don't understand. I'm a competitive powerlifter. They're not going to pull a leg extension machine onto the platform. So, you know, uh, he didn't really understand anything. So, you know, I went through physiotherapy, massage therapy. And uh, after about eight, nine months, um, I could go up to 400 pounds. But anytime I went up to over 400 pounds, my right knee would start to hurt. And, you know, it felt weak on that side. And so I could run, I could go up and down stairs. I had no knee pain. So if I didn't compete, I was fine. But, you know, heavy lifting, it would always show up. So, you know, my dad, he, you know, he goes, uh, well, why don't you go to the chiropractor? I went, why? It's my knee, it's not my back. He said, go. So I went and I went to see a friend of mine, uh, Merv Ritchie. He's a chiropractor or was a chiropractor out West. And um, he was a marathon runner. So he was about uh, five, six, about 130 pounds. You know, his arm was about this big. He wasn't yeah. a big man at all. And uh, so he starts doing this muscle testing on me. And the right side, couldn't find a single strong muscle. On the left-hand side, it was fine. Um, so took x-rays of the low back, and you can see basically a pelvic distortion. Um, and he said, well, actually, it's coming from your back. Your knee healed a long time ago. But anytime you push the body, you know, you're going to, you know, have pain. And I went, okay. So, you know, we did uh, about three weeks of treatment and literally all the strength came back because the neurological inhibition was taken away. And I was back squatting over 500 pounds pain-free. And I went, wow, this is, this is interesting. So, you know, I sent him, you know, a number of people. I was a recreation uh, coordinator and, but he didn't really understand weight training. So I said, screw it. And I uh, signed up for chiropractic college and uh, came out here in 1986 and um, went to chiropractic college and graduated in 91. And when, throughout the entire um, education, I was always really focused in on weight training and weight training injuries because that's why I was there. And, and so then when I got out of uh, chiropractic college, I started teaching, doing seminars, teaching, you know, the... Um, the chiropractors, physical therapists, medical doctors doing different seminars and also teaching the personal trainers and strength coaches. Uh, this was back in the 90s, you know, in Canada, United States. And uh, I noticed a really interesting thing. I was finding that the chiropractors really had no idea on uh, weight training or even weight training injuries. So a lot of times they were giving bad advice no fault of their own. There just wasn't a lot of information out there. The internet really wasn't around. Um, and the personal trainers and strength coaches, they, they were trying to fix everything through exercises, which you couldn't, cause I mean, sometimes there would be an injury. So I finally, you know, came to the conclusion, well, what if I get both fields together? And this, the very first one was in 1999. And it was basically a giant experiment. Because, you know, I was running clinics and private and all that. And I had no idea what I was doing, you know, um, as far as doing big symposiums and everything else. But I wanted to put both fields together to try and get an understanding of what, you know, how weight training injuries occur. And then how do you assess them? And then how do you actually deal with it as far as treatment protocol or rehabilitation? And uh, so I started developing more and more and more. Um, and trying to get people uh, different viewpoints 
And that's what I've always found is that, you know, with any type of treatment protocol, it, you have to find out exactly what the problem is and it's an inclusion, exclusion criteria. Like, you know, are you the right person? So when I have patients come in, if someone has a torn labrum, I, you know what? Don't see me. Like, I mean, get it dealt with, you know, uh, or any basically badly torn muscles. And so, but afterwards, I can help you with that. So the biggest aspect is for me to always try and uh, identify what is the problem? Am I the right person to be seeing? And then how do we make sure that you don't hurt yourself again? And understanding different training protocols for different sports, primarily powerlifting, which I know you've done some great work in. You Actually, a number of uh, my patients are also your clients. Um, <laughs> which is and good and all, bad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so to be able to develop networking and understanding, you know, of that. And it was, you know, it was awesome that uh, one year we had that rehab panel that you were able to also present with us, mm -hmm. which was great. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can attest to that completely because uh, your story was me when I, before I came and saw you in a similar situation with the knee and I'd seen some other professionals, you know, my knee hurt at a certain weight. It was only a certain weight, but I, as a, as a patient, I remember feeling very hopeless and then being in Ottawa, I just sent you a message. You said, come, you, you gave me a couple of ideas. I said, can I just want to come down and see you. So I drove to Mississauga. I wow. saw you and you, I don't know if you remember this. You're like, oh, this yeah. is nothing. This is nothing. And I'm like, what? Like one doctor told me I got to get my knee replaced in like a, like a year or so. And you're like, this is, I've seen so much worse. You're going to be fine. <laughs> you, did, you did your little trick. You did a couple of things with me. You helped me out a lot. But the biggest thing that you gave me was you gave me hope. And as yeah. soon as you said, you're going to be okay, it changed my mindset moving forward with my rehab. And obviously I, I was okay and I was yeah. able to, to train, but you were the, the different, you were the difference maker when it came to um, a healthcare practitioner that said, I've seen this, I've seen worse. We can get you where you want to go. You just got to go with this, 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 and there's not a lot in your boat who work with people who have had weightlifting injuries. So that is why anyone out in your area who I coach online, I say, go see Dr. Ken. He, <laughs> he knows this stuff. He, he deals with this stuff. He is this stuff. He is the one practitioner to go and see when it's a weightlifting injury. And then when, when Swiss came to be, I mean, I never got to the, the first ones there back in the nineties, but uh, the last couple of rounds that you went to, it's always very beneficial for me as a trainer to go to, whether it's presenting or just to, I love those hallways. The hallways that's, are the best. Yeah. That's where the symposium is. And I, I always said that the symposium happens in the hallway and just the way the structure of the hotel was, because we had our own little lobby and we reduced down the hallway size because we put booths in there. So if you're walking down the hallway, you can't help but to bump into Kazmaier or Ed Cohn or Stu McGill or Dave Tate or Eric Serrano, which is yeah. really fun because they all stay around. Yeah. And the interesting thing with Swiss, what I found was that it's one of the few conferences where everyone, all the presenters, they stay. And they actually sit in each other's, you know, seminars because they want to, they're friends and they want to find out what this other person is saying. So that's the fun part. But the symposium happens in the hallway because it's a two-way conversation. In the presentation rooms, it's a one-way conversation from the stage to the audience. And you can ask some questions sometimes, but usually it's, um, it's very focused presentation 
But when it's in the hallway, it's more casual. You get your questions answered and you get to meet the person and their personalities. And, you know, there's a ton of personalities. I don't think you could find a more alpha male and female group than that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We had, we had the FST table set up one year yep. and then, um, yeah, Dorian Yates there Dorian comes <laughs> over and he's like, Hey, can you look at my shoulder or whatever? And, and one of our practitioners is there and she's doing her thing on them. And then he gets up and he walks away and we're like, do you, do you, do you know who that is? She's like, no, who's that guy? I'm like, one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. She's like, oh, whatever. Like, she had no idea she was just a stretch person, right? Yeah, but that, that's the beauty of it. You, do, you take one of the greatest of all time in their sport, and they're just like everyone else at one point, like, hey, do your little trick on me, do your thing, because they're open to it. And I, I well, agree with you about that, about people. Yeah, so what, what I found fun. was that a lot of them, they just leave their ego at the door. Like, you can't be egotistical there. You know, you may be good in your, your spot, but there's probably someone that's, you know, as good in a different way. So, you know, you know, Kazmaier is unbelievably strong, but you have, you know, Dr. Stu McGill and they're having a conversation and they both yeah. respect each other as far as their ability and their understandings on that. So that, that's the real fun part in, of, of doing the symposium, which unfortunately I couldn't do this year due to, Ah, the Voldemort uh, virus. So. <laughs> the, Voldemort, the beer bug. The beer bug, one guy told me once. Yeah, the beer bug. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way of putting it. So, so let's flip it there. You were planning on doing it. Obviously, it got shut down because of COVID. Where's the pivot? Is it is the plan still to have one in 2021? Or are you going to push it to 2022? Yeah. Um, part, part of the problem right now is that the uh, border is closed. So it's it's hard to get a lot of the presenters in um for that so i don't think anyone really expected last march that we would be here you know that we're still in lockdown um uh, we just found out yesterday they're really pushing hard the mississauga in toronto is supposed to be uh, basically out of lockdown as of next week and um they just released that they, the health ministers want another two weeks on top of that so it'll be another two and a half weeks more of lockdown which is making it difficult for any of the hotels you know i can't even go into the hotel because mm -hmm. it's locked up you know everything you, you can't make any um you you can't uh, rent anything right now i think what i'm going to be doing is watching what they're going to do with the olympics mm -hmm. they're going to run the olympics because that you know is a multi-country uh, event um then I'll, I'll i'll see what i'll be able to do for for myself the virtual world is a tough one. I've done virtual seminars and I've watched some virtual seminars. They're, they're okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's not the best. Um, and, and it's tough for a presenter too, because I mean, when you're presenting, you don't know who you're presenting to and there's really no feedback, you know, on that. So it's, that's a tough one because a lot of people said, well, why don't you just make it virtual? And I'm like, it's, you couldn't do three days like that. Yeah. People would just lose their mind. And everyone's staying on Zoom and, you know, for work and for teaching and even working out. And there may be an educational component to it. The one thing that I may do and um, is do a uh, one-day virtual on the business aspect, um, to be honest, as far as the actual training, 
um, and nutrition and rehab and even treatment protocols. There's a lot of, there's not a lot of uh, new things out there um, that I've seen as far as uh, ideas or concepts or anything else, you know, there's nothing like FST coming down the pipeline or active release technique coming down the pipeline that I've seen. Um, so from, from that, I'm, I, I don't know whether or not it would be really beneficial, but I think it would be from a business aspect. And my biggest focus for the past few months now has been to create a survival alliance between the health practitioners and the fitness practitioners because um, it's going to be really difficult for the fitness industry just because, number one, a lot of the gyms are closed or extremely limited. You know, so right now in some of the different areas here in Ontario, um, they're all probably where you are. You're limited to what, 10 people in the gym? It goes by square footage. So it depends on the size of your building. So we, we have a very large gym that I work at, but we are capped at, I believe, 30 bodies at one time. So okay. you got you got 10 in the studio, right? You got two or three in the personal training section, and then you got the rest on the floor, but everyone's three meters apart. There's tape all over the place. When a regular, like a busy night could be 200 people, right? So it's significantly less. Reduced, yeah. yeah. So that's that's the challenge. So um, as, as, you know, as, as a health practitioner, a chiropractor, you know, I want to be able to refer over to people um, as far as trainers, but a lot, of, a lot of the trainers are too generalized and they may have taken some courses, whether it be in TRX or in, you know, fascial stretch therapy or kettlebell or anything else, but they're not really proficient in a very specific area. I'm very proficient in weight training and weight training injuries because number one, that's what I do. And I've been doing it for decades competing. I've competed for over 40 years now. Um, so, you know, that, that that's, that's what my passion is. I don't know a whole lot about running mm. or running injuries mm -hmm. or cycling, you know, or football, even though I, you know, treated a number of CFL and NFL players, but that's not real my, my passion. So I do get, you know, referrals over, you know, from, and, you know, you're the classic example, go see Ken. He understands powerlifting. He's not going to say don't squat. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my focus has always been how can we get different um, patients, clients over to different types of trainers that have specialized and it doesn't really matter. And that's what um, the, the profession that's done this the best is the medical doctors. You know, they go through four years of pre-med, then they do another four years of medical school so after eight years, they become a general practitioner. Some of them actually level up and now they become a surgeon. Uh -huh. And so they can spend anywhere between three to five to eight years, depending on the specialty and say they're going to do orthopedics. Um, so now what they do is they level up and just focus in on the low back or the shoulder or the knee. And they become the go-to person for the knee. And then they can level up even more and they can do pediatric. So they do pediatric knee injuries, which is a completely different. So as a general practitioner, medical doctor, they know there's one or two people in town that specialize in that and they're going to refer. They're not just going to send them to a generalized practitioner, but a pediatric 
you know, practitioner that's focused in on one joint, mm-hmm. you know. So trainers, from my viewpoint, have to be able to, if they want to work with the health professionals, it's really important for them to focus in on one area. Could be kids soccer. It could be running. It could be, you know, and I was at a conference recently and um, talking to a number of different trainers and, you know, I said, well, who's the go-to person in Toronto, 4 million people, um, strength conditioning coach for football? No one could say anything. How about basketball? They couldn't think of anything. How about running? Who's a strength conditioning coach? Number one for running. Now, I know a few, a few of them are my friends, but most people don't know and, they, and, and all these different areas are available. Yeah. So most trainers, they can only handle 15, 20 clients at a time, you know, as far as one-on-one. Group training is a little different. Online is even more interesting. But for one-on-one, you can't handle a lot of clients. Mm-hmm. I have 20,000 patients. So I can send a lot of different people to uh, different trainers. But I don't, number one, I don't know who you are. And I also don't know what you actually do. So there's not a whole lot of marketing. Now, I know your specialty is powerlifting. So if there's someone in Ottawa that needs powerlifting help, I send them to you. Because you've, you've, you've developed your reputation. You've put on competitions. You've, you know, you compete yourself. So I feel very confident about you. And also, you're a good person. You know, you're a nice person. You're very eloquent. Uh, and you're very, very knowledgeable. But you're the same passion in the sense of me, in the sense of you've taken a number of courses, and how does that apply to what I'm trying to do and help a number of different people that are interested in that area? So beforehand, people would generalize. Personal trainers would. they get a little bit of everything. Why do you think they were so successful, or why do you think trainers were as successful as they were being generalized? And then why do you think they need to be specialized moving forward? I think the biggest thing um, before, you know, in the past couple of years, you know, before, you know, uh, what has happened here with the lockdowns and everything else, um, people came into a gym looking for information and to be guided. So if they walked into a gym, they've already made the decision that they're going to train. They just basically trying to make the decision. Are they going to train there? And also what is their knowledge level and uh, a number of clubs, um, they usually have a number of good trainers and some of the salespeople are pretty aggressive and can kind of convince you that, you know, you do have some problems and you should probably get some personal training because you'll get there faster. People had a ton of disposable income. um, So they would do that. And the other thing with personal training is that there was the accountability factor. Um, Ed McNeely, a really good friend of mine, super smart dude. And he did a presentation, you know, actually on this topic. And he basically called it sometimes rent a friend, you know, so, you know, you would go in and you would be accountable, but you could also talk to the person and have some fun with that. Um, So training was very generalized and a few people kind of took it on through this time. I've seen a lot of my patients, um, they figured out number one, how to train by themselves, how to uh, develop uh, programs, whether it be watching YouTube, fitness apps, online seminars, 
and just, you know, continuing. We're also even talking to other individuals. So I think the age of the generalist is basically done. Uh, people will always want that and there will be a cycle of that, but um, people now need to specialize so that people like myself know who you are and respect what you do and know that you can help one of my patients as far as whether it be, if you want to specialize in being the go-to person for low back, fantastic. Or, you know, strength conditioning for the shoulder. You understand the shoulder, you understand rehab, you understand training protocols, you understand how to modify the exercise program through different types of shoulder disorders. From, from a practitioner standpoint, that is golden. And that is so rare to see someone actually do that. And the person that's done it the best is Dr. Stu McGill. Mm-hmm. You know, while I was running Swiss, Stu presented for me uh, back in 2001. And when I started doing it again, yeah, you know, I started in 2015. I stopped in uh, 2005 and uh, I started doing the Swiss symposiums again in 2015. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to phone up Stu, see if he wants to present. So I always have different themes in uh, that year. Um, so I phoned up Stu and Stu says, well, what's your theme? What are you going to be focused on? I said, I'm going to focus on the shoulder. He says, no, I'm not going to present. He says, when you do low back, give me a call. I yeah. said, okay. So in 2016, you know, the theme, the focus was on the low back. So mm-hmm. I phoned up Stu. I said, do you want to present? He says, absolutely. Now, Stu is very knowledgeable on shoulder, mm-hmm. but he is completely invested in low back. He understands it very, very well, and he can apply it to different aspects of it, to different sports. But his, his, he understands his whole focus. And because he's reduced it down, he's become extremely popular, uh-huh. um, very knowledgeable. And everyone feels comfortable about that because he's you know, done all the research. He's done all the books and everything else. So my advice to a lot of different trainers is um, to really start to level up just like the medical doctors do. Because I mean, think of this. There's medical doctors that just focus in on one organ. They're a liver specialist yeah. <laughs> or brain or skin. Like, I mean, they, they've done it so, so well. So then the practitioners feel confident to refer over. And this is after eight years of school that they have actually gone through. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, most personal training, they're doing eight weeks of training, you know, and, and education. They're doing yeah. years and years. Yeah. So trainers need to really level up and then focus in on so you can do fascial stretch trx you know kettlebell for low back disorders along with any other protocols that you may be doing whether it be Stu mcgill's work or uh, glenn gray or you know mike boyle's work or anything else of that nature so that's that's what my advice always is is that start to really focus in on now it makes your marketing very very easy because i mean mm-hmm. if you want to become the top strength conditioning coach for road cycling you go on those websites you go on those instagrams you go on those videos and everyone is any cyclist is going to find you because i mean how many so do you know who the top strength conditioning coach is for road cycling nope can't say can't i don't know the bottom one either yeah <laughs> but i mean yeah it just and, and it's and it's almost like it's it's so obvious, but it's it's something that really needs to be done for the public mm-hmm. and also for the practitioners. You know, mm-hmm. so 
Um, that's the way that some of the different uh, personal trainers and strength coaches can really focus in on because you can't be a jack of all trades. You can't be doing all the different sports. You know, yeah. it just it, it becomes very difficult because they're all different. And there's a few people that are highly gifted that can do that. Uh, Matt Nickel is one, uh, but he's been doing it for decades. So you've seen, you know, different protocols and understand, you know, energy systems and how the body moves and everything else. But I mean, his bread and butter is actually hockey. Mm-hmm. He's the number one, basically, uh, basically for strength conditioning, you know, around here in, in Toronto. There's a few others, but Matt is probably one of the top ones. Mm-hmm. So for, um, let's say, a personal trainer, a new personal trainer versus a seasoned personal trainer, if they need to upskill and they need to specialize, is there any things that you would be like, okay, if you're a new trainer, you want to go this route. Or if you have been around for about a decade or so, you may look into going this route for specialty. I, I think the biggest thing and what people are really focused in on is what is your passion? You want to turn your passion into your profession. And that's what I've done. I've turned my passion of weight training into weight training injuries. Weight training injuries didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as far as anyone even really talking about it, I was one of the, you know, very f- first ones. And then to put together different symposiums. So if you, whatever interests you, run with that. And guess what? If it's not what you thought, you can always change. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. You could spend five years focusing on one thing and going, you know what, this, you know, again, you can level up. And so instead of just being, you know, a surgeon for low back, how about a surgeon for kids low back mm-hmm. where you can branch off and do research or anything else. And as a trainer, you can, you can do that too. You can branch off and do, you know what, maybe I can do some nutrition, you know, or they level up even more whenever I'm doing my muscle testing seminars. There's usually one or two people that will ask questions like, well, what do you do for a frozen shoulder? And, you know, I'll explain it to them. It's one of the most difficult things you could work with. Well, what about sciatica? And when they start asking these questions, what I find is you've actually outgrown your profession. You're actually trying to fix things versus trying to train. So you need to level up and become a practitioner. It doesn't matter if it's a massage therapist, a chiropractor, physiotherapist, medical doctor, athletic trainer, acupuncturist. And so a lot of times I'll, after a seminar, I'll uh, have people you know, go to lunch with me and we'll discuss this. And they will literally choose a profession and run down that pathway. And it may be you know, a strength conditioning coach for something that is very, very focused. But a lot of them, they actually became a chiropractor. Uh, Scott Christie, so great uh, trainer, owned his own gym for many years, was teaching, um, brilliant, and he was working in my clinic for a couple of years, and he was doing some of the training, but also some of the strength conditioning, and he got frustrated that he couldn't fix things, so I said, why, and he was already 40 years old, and I said, go back to school, go back to chiropractic college, and he did, and he became a chiropractor, now here's the interesting thing. Scott, and so when Scott graduated, he said, well, what should I focus in on? I said, well, what's your passion? He says, well, I have two. He was actually one of the world, he was on the world championship team for uh, softball. So, you know, he was the pitcher for it. So they won the world championships, but he's also won the national championships for cheerleading at a Western university in London. Yeah. And so he said, well, what are you more interested in? He says, cheerleading. I said, okay. 
So he said, write a book, do this marketing, do this, do this. So he started putting it out there because there was no strength conditioning or even treatment for cheerleading. And uh, one of the top cheerleading uh, facilities here that works with a lot of national champions, they, um, they said, listen, we're building this entire center and we want you in it. So we're going to build a, a place for you to treat people and also assess and train. And he went, perfect. And, and it was like, holy smoke, <laughs> you know, and, and he's doing what he loves, which is so cool. Like, I mean, you're, you're excited about it. And that's what people want to see, you know. So it doesn't really matter what you do, but just be passionate about it. And, and it can be a self-discovery process. Mm-hmm. The concept of passion, I always find very unique. Anytime that you're passionate about something, you can learn it much faster. You can adapt, so. you, can, you can take in those concepts. So anytime someone you know, is fearful of learning something, well, if you like it, you get it. You see it all the time with kids. You're teaching them math. You say, okay, well, you like hockey. Let's look at the stats on a hockey card. Okay, this many shots, this many goals, this is fractions. This is percentile. Yeah. And all of a sudden they pick that stuff up. I think it's the same with, with any practitioner or, or sorry, with any yeah. field of learning. And also you as a patient or a client, you, 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 that is why you're actually hiring this person mm-hmm. is number one, are they passionate about what they do? Do they actually truly care? Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the biggest things. Do you care? Mm-hmm. And the other aspect is, are you knowledgeable? And, you know, do you respect that? And also respect your boundaries or limitations. I refer out all the time, primarily because I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the idea that, you know, uh, you need to do everything, you don't. Try it the best that you can, assess it. And that's what I, you know, try and teach with the muscle testing. It gives you an idea as far as, is this in my wheelhouse or is this sort of outside my wheelhouse? And, and I'm starting to see that more and more in the training world where they're trying to become everything. And now with the the explosion of the uh, Theragun and massage guns and everything else, which, you know, uh, that's a whole different spectrum. Now you're getting into treatment. And I think um, I've, I've been treating a number of people that have been hurt by the personal trainer using this Theragun on on them, which mm-hmm. if, if that goes to court, you are done because the, mm-hmm. the judge is going to go. So where did you go to training? Mm-hmm. Where's your education be, be behind using this device? And yeah, the, yeah. The lines are blended with training and treatment. You yeah. know, I, I can speak on as a trainer m- myself, we have scope of practice, which is yes. thin. It's not thick. It's thin. It's yeah. you, 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 you can't touch someone when you stretch them. Right, but you can facilitate stretching without touching them. Same thing with like you can't touch a a client with your hand, but now I've got this gun. So is that is that okay? Yeah, 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 that's that's a real slippery slope. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think I think just uh, the industry is just so young still, right? It's still very much. It really is. It really is. And 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 again, I think people don't respect the boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know, on that, you know, so. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, um, uh, different pieces about the business side. 
and you talked about your friend you said write a book get some knowledge you know from a business perspective with with it being covid and and things are changing business is definitely going to be changing too what areas do you think strength coaches personal trainers need to focus on from a business perspective to to stay in the industry and be relevant i think the biggest thing is just decide what you're going to be really really good at like i mean the idea of becoming the best person in your area so you can basically think of um, about a 15 minute what we found clinically in a business most people will drive 15 to 20 minutes to see you as a practitioner as a gym you start to get to 30 minutes uh, it gets a little bit dicey you know Mm -hmm. they'll do it but they won't be consistent so you want to you want to be that main person in your small little community and you, you go and you introduce yourself to different people, to different practitioners, letting them know that this is what I'm really, really good at. You don't necessarily ask for the referral. Uh, that's probably the worst thing you could do. So if someone comes in into my clinic and they, you know, they come in and they go, oh, here's my business card. You know, can you refer patients over to me? I'm like, number one, I don't know who you are. I don't trust you. I don't know anything about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so no, I'll, I'll be kind to go, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll take your cards, but you know, they're going to go in the garbage because I don't know anything about you. You actually reverse it. And a, a concept that you want to do is first you want to give. So if a trainer has basically decided that they want to work with, I have one, uh, patient right now and she's um she's basically close to 50 years old she's a personal trainer just became recently a personal trainer and she says what should i focus in on and i said what do you want to work with she says i want to work with people my age women my age you know in their in their 50s and i went fantastic so now her marketing is all based on that mm-hmm. so i'll be able to refer patients over to her because they have the same um history in the sense of uh, when they're growing up so they like the same music. They understand you know, the different movies from their eras and everything yeah. else of that nature. So there's an association. But what you want to do is become very good. And then when you see a practitioner, whether it's myself, whether it's a physiotherapist, massage therapist, and say, you know what, I'm new in the area. I want to find like-minded health professionals that I can refer my clients to you. Now the conversation is different. You're not asking for anything. You do this, so you phone up the clinic and you say, I'd like to uh, meet the doctor or the therapist. I just want five minutes. I want to, uh, I'm looking to refer some people over and um, can I get the last appointment before lunch? Now, why do you do that? If you catch me in the middle of my day, I have three rooms going with different patients on acupuncture. And then I got another two patients sitting in the wait, waiting room. So I will give you probably 5% of my cerebral cortex. Yeah. Because I just don't have the capacity to listen to your pitch, if it is one or anything else. When you're the last patient or the last person, and all of a sudden I have no other constraints, and it's only five minutes, not a problem. And you're going to send people to me? Oh my God, I've been in chiropractic uh, management programs that uh, will cost five to $10,000 a year on how to get new patients. 
and you're walking in and telling me that you want to send some of your clients in, you're friggin' golden. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I will give you my full and undivided attention if you show up with full and undivided attention time, which is before lunch. At the end of the day, it's a little tougher because you're a little burnt out then. But the last appointment before lunch, five minutes. And what you do is you walk in, you want to see what the front desk is like. How do they interact with you? What does the place look like? Is it clean? Do I feel comfortable here? Because, I mean, it's going to be representative of you. So if you're going to send people over to this person, you want to make sure that, you know, they are uh, knowledgeable. And also you want to see whether or not they have the same belief. Do they even believe in weight training? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or do they think it's evil? Yes. You know, there's a number of people that have some pretty interesting ideas that, you know, you should only do what they do. So there's, there was one doctor thought weight training was horrible and you should only swim. Why? Because he was a swimmer. Mm -hmm. So that's the challenge that we run into. So once you develop that and you talk to the, you know, the chiropractor or therapist or physiotherapist saying, listen, you know, I'm actually quite interested can I actually come and see you as a client and I'll pay for it? And, and a lot of times the practitioner will say, no, no, that's fine. We'll, we'll go through it. So you get to experience what they actually do. And then you can invite them for a personal training session. So now you're building this. So there's three levels. And I've been talking to Matt Nickel about this for the past six months. There's three levels of no like, and trust. The first level is, do I know who you are? It's, the, it's basically the person. Do I like you as a person and do I trust you? And trust is a weird one. That's, that's developed over time. The second level is your education. Do I know what you've done and it's structured school or unstructured, not going to school, seminars, personal experience. Do I like what you've actually been taught and do I trust it? And so, because a lot of things in training, you can't go to school for so if I want to compete in powerlifting, what college or university has a powerlifting course? They don't have that. Or competitive bodybuilding. They don't have that. So that is basically just experience. So what have you actually gone through? And then the third level is how do you apply that knowledge? Because in chiropractic, there's 220 different techniques. There's a lot of different ways to treat. So there's a lot of different ways to actually even train. You know, you have, you know, Dorian Yates, heavyweight, high rep, or uh, low Intensity. rep. Yeah, very, very yeah. intense. And I had him present. He's six-time Mr. Olympia. I had him present in 2001. In 2002, I had Lee Haney, eight-time Mr. Olympia, bodybuilding, high amount of sets, high amount of reps, low weight. Exact paradox of what Dorian Yates was doing. Which one worked? They both work. But Dorian said he tried doing high reps, didn't work. Mm -hmm. Lee Haney said he tried doing a heavyweight, always got hurt. Mm -hmm. So you got to find what you actually, your application. And, and yourself, You when you go in, you want to find people that are like-minded. Do you like the heavy-duty style, you know, as far as heavyweight Dorian style? Or do you like the Lee Haney style? It doesn't really matter, but you want to find out how do you apply things and where did you do that? So that whole idea of knowing the person, knowing and liking their actual education structure, what have you done, and then how do you actually apply it is so, so powerful. So 
those are some of the things you can do from a business perspective as far as building it out. There was a, I did a, um, a seminar, very, very similar here, working with health practitioners. Um, this was at CanFit, I think about 10 years ago. And um, so I presented it very similar to what I'm saying right here, going, you know, before uh, uh, last point before lunch, this is how you structure it, offer to send patients and everything else. The next year I'm presenting at CanFit and this guy runs after me down the hallway, you know, uh, and he says, I got to talk to you. I said, why? He says, you changed my life. I said, all right, how'd I do that? And he says, well, I did what you said. You know, he was up in Guelph and he says, I went to these two chiropractors and I said, listen, you know, I want to uh, uh, send my clients over to you and everything else. And they liked him. There was like-mindedness and everything else. And they, they both looked at each other, the chiropractors, and they went, we have an entire bottom floor here that's empty. Do you want to build an entire gym? We'll pay for everything and we'll send all of our patients. And he says, in one month, I was completely booked out. And he says, I had to hire other personal trainers that I got a percentage off of also. So does this work? Absolutely. Absolutely. So That's amazing. Yeah. And it's just, it's something simple mm -hmm. because I had one guy, he came in, actually, I just, where's his, I just found his business card the, uh, the other day here. He comes in with his business card and he goes to the front desk and he says, can you have Dr. Kanakin uh, refer all his patients over to me? And so she, she's looking at him. She goes, okay, where are you? And, uh, and you've been to... No, I, I'm actually down the street from when you came in. Across the street, you know those storage centers? Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you got an extra couch or a bunch of boxes or anything else. So yeah. he rented out a unit, put weight training equipment in that. <laughs> and, you know, and so there was actually videos of him basically throwing medicine balls against the, you know, the, the metal walls and everything of the, You're of the storage unit <laughs> he was in a storage unit i just says, pictured storage wars someone opens one up and there's a yes. guy in there training people yeah <laughs> that's exactly what he was doing he's training people he put mirrors up everything else and he says can you send all your clients over to and i'm like oh my god i don't think so <laughs> so that's the wrong way to do it i i gotta admit that's pretty ballsy you know mm -hmm. uh it's probably not the best methodology you can do no. So, so the whole thing that trainers and strength coaches are going to need to do right now is work with the health professionals. We can rebuild your entire practice. And if you focus in on something, man, can we ever help you out? We can send you so many different people, but you need to really level up and focus in on something so that we know um, that we can refer over and, and then basically trust what you're going to be doing. Because I've sent people over to different trainers and patients have come back and they go, never, ever send me there again. And I go, why? He says, it was horrible. They were not a good person. They definitely weren't knowledgeable. They didn't know anything. They hurt me. And what tends to happen also is because my referral went sideways so badly, they also don't respect me. And they've also stopped coming to see me because they're like, if you referred me over there, I don't want anything to do with you, you know, and I get that, you know, so the referral system is really, it's, it's a touchy thing. And it's almost, um, 
it's almost like dating. You need to basically meet a number of times to really understand what you do each. So if you go in and you see the chiropractor or the physiotherapist and see their methodology and their understanding, you know, and you also invite them, it gives you a number of opportunities to see, number one, do we continue this? Because a lot of people, when they go in with their business card and say, you know what, can you refer everyone over to me? It's kind of like, hey, you want to get, we just met, you seem nice, you're cute, you want to get married? No, it's <laughs> take it's your pants too big off. of an ask. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know what, can we go for coffee? You know, just to understand, you know, who you actually are and see whether or not we are going to continue that type of relationship. Business relationships and personal relationships are very, very similar, especially when you're dealing with the professional level. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's listening to this right now, like I can attest, can you have the best relationships? You you can get anyone to come to Swiss. You get people that come from all over the world, come down and present. And like I mentioned at the start of this thing, uh, none of them have said bad things about you. So when you're talking about relationships and building that trust between practitioners, uh, I see exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and the idea of, of coming in, spending time to build the trust, what's not going to happen right away. I think that's very important for trainers to do especially moving forward when now you need to, yeah. you need, and, and, we're, we're all going to need a little help. That's what's going to yeah. happen. You're gonna need and, a little and, help. and we'll help. We will definitely help, but go in with the mentality of, I want to give, I want to help you. And through that, you'll probably end up getting more help than you could ever imagine. Just because the amount of clients that I see, I may be able to help anyone, but also, are you able to help yourself in the sense of have you focused in? And so that's where, you know, with all this time that people have is become focused and passionate. So I'll be doing actually, you know, you asked me before, will I be doing any seminars or online stuff? And I'll be doing some different podcasts and webcasts Mm -hmm. and I'll be doing interviews as far as from all the people that have been going to Swiss. And the biggest question will be, what does it take in order for you to refer someone to someone? So if you got a powerlifter and you know there's another powerlifter in a uh, different city, what does it take in order for you to feel confident? Do you know them? Do you know what they've actually learned? And do you know how they actually apply it? And so that you can do the referral with complete comfortable and also confident that that person will be able to fulfill. And also that they may respect it enough saying, you know what? because of your unique situation, I won't be able to like know what you are good at, what you're not good at. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we definitely need to do that. So I'll be doing different interviews of some of the different Swiss presenters. Uh, And then I also want to do some case studies, literally taking someone that is fairly new and saying, you know what, this is what you need to do. This is how you develop your brand. Mm -hmm. This is what you need to do as far as education. This is what would impress me as far as, you know, a practitioner that I feel confident enough and I trust you enough to basically refer someone over to you and my expectations around that. So I will be doing different aspects of that and they can follow me on um, Swiss uh, uh, or my, my, yeah, my, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. (laughs) I imagine you'll have my contact info. uh, For sure. on this yeah absolutely so they can follow me under on the that. show notes i just pictured how cool would it be to do a case study with a client so you have you know there's ken there's two practitioners and then there's a client so the, you know say i'm the client i'm like guys i get back pain when i deadlift uh, mixed grip 
and you've got two specialists and you say, okay, what would you do? And then one person says, I would go this route. What would you do? I would go this route here. That would be so cool to watch live like on, like I, that's something I would tune in on before cool. I would put on, you know, the price is right or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's still a great show. You know what? I, I like that idea. And that's what I've always done with Swiss where I bring in different practitioners, you know, the one year I did, you know, it on the shoulder. And so I had, you know, Dale Buckberger doing active release. I had uh, Jeff Spencer doing it on laser. I had uh, Carol McMakin. Uh, she was on frequency-specific microcurrent. I had Greg Roshkoff doing muscle activation technique. And everyone's like, oh, my God, well, which one works? I said, all of them do. Mm -hmm. That's why. It's a toolbox. Develop mm -hmm. your toolbox of different protocols, you know, of that. And it's not just this is the one way that you need to do it. So there's a lot of ways to, to, to get to the end result. You just have to find your way and then put that out there and then run with it. And, and don't worry about what other people do. You, know, mm -hmm. you can always yeah. refer over. There's yeah. more than enough people out there. <laughs> yes, it, it, exactly. And I think you just hit the nail on the head when you say that. You know, Toronto, what do you got? Four million people out in Toronto? Yeah. I got a million here in Ottawa, right? You know, if you are in, you know, Prince Edward Island, <laughs> that's different. But for other people in, in the Ontario area, in British Columbia, there is a lot of people looking for help. Yeah. And we're working in this industry where I think all of us are like-minded. We want to help people, you know, take, take this advice that you just laid out. That is phenomenal advice for any trainer or strength coach looking to build their business. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So moving forward, you said you're going to be doing some webinars. You're be doing some podcast stuff here. Yeah. So for anyone listening, I'll, I'll lay out kind of like the, the social media stuff there so they can kind of follow along. And I think that this is a nice, a nice spot to, uh, to end it. My takeaway yes. on this is if I want to be the leading expert in Canada for strength and conditioning and cheerleading, that's already taken that spots there. I got to move on to some, something else. No. And that's, and that's what people really think. They think in basically scarcity in the sense of there's someone there. Like it's interesting. Burger King will always open up within half a mile of a McDonald's because McDonald's has already figured out all the marketing and how well it's going to uh, work in that area. So Burger King always just opens up right beside it, which is really interesting. So we need a lot of different practitioners in your area and then you can build out as far as international and everything else of that nature. A lot of people are going, I want to take over the world. And it's like, no, start with your community 15 minutes away from you so they can see you personally mm -hmm. and you can develop it. And then you can basically, you know, run with that. Cause I mean, we, we need a lot of different powerlifting coaches such as yourself, mm -hmm. you know, on that. Okay. So, so I might still have a career in cheerleading. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with powerlifting, Chris. Yeah. One thing I did find out uh, not too long ago, did, I don't know if you knew this, probably everyone else knew, I didn't know, but Dan Green was a power or sorry, was a cheerleader before he got into powerlifting. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, me either. And then I guess, you know, one of his concepts of why he said, like, he said, I can hold people overhead with one hand. So lying on my back and getting to use two arms to bench press, not so hard. So it, it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of like, I was like, man, okay, I got a newfound respect for uh, the sport of cheerleading and I might get my boys into it because it makes it sense. It is an unbelievable sport. It is super tough. And the mm -hmm. amount of injuries that happen with that is enormous. It has yeah. the highest mortality rate out of any sport. Really? 
Yeah. That's, a, that's not a fun fact, but that's a fact. Yeah, because we think if you're a three-tier mm-hmm. and, and the top person falls, you have the neck. Oh, wow. So a lot of neck fractures. So those type of injuries, you have to know. So it has one of the highest concussion uh, aspects also, which yeah. would make sense. You know, it's like, well, it's not a, it's not a contact sport. Yeah, it's a contact sport when you, you know, bounce off the ground. So oh, yeah, you, you toss someone and they don't get caught. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. huge respect for anyone that works in that field. Well, uh, uh, Dr. Ken, I appreciate your time today. And there were so many good gold nuggets here that you mentioned, especially Thank that, you. Bit, that business yeah. part there. Um, so I appreciate you sitting down and taking the time today. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to end you. it here. I'm going to put all your stuff in the show notes so people can follow you and they can get in on what you're going to be doing. I'm going to be front row and center for a lot of these things myself. I always love what you do. And I, and I always find that if I can learn something new every day, it makes me better. So again, just officially, thank you so much for being on the project fitness Great. podcast. Stay, po- stay positive in life and negative in COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks Ken. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.